Hello, and welcome to a special post-game edition of the Cannon Cast. I'm your host, PD, coming to you live from the parking garage after the Detroit game. Uh, I figured that tonight I would have enough time getting out of the parking garage like usual to record an episode, but the Jackets lost 4 nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. Things started to clear out about halfway through the third period, so... I might end up getting home a lot faster than I originally expected, but I will sort of run through some thoughts I have here real quickly about the start of the season. The Blue Jackets are one and two so far, uh, which is about what we expected. Now they beat the Rangers and lost to the Flyers, which is not the way I thought we'd be one and two, but uh, otherwise, basically, this this is what they are, and we're not a good team. Um, but not a, you know, there, there are some bright spots, I, I should say. Um, obviously, not so much tonight with, um, you know, <laughs> getting shut out. Um, but it was a game that was pretty even in terms of the underlying numbers. Um, some bad breaks, bad bounces. Uh, really outplayed Detroit a lot in the first period, but we're down one nothing. Um, the wheels came off in the second period, especially um, at a point where... Um, Boone Jenner took a penalty. Then, as they scored on that, Sean Corrali <laughs> took a penalty. Um, so that was, you know, two members of the leadership really costing us with um, dub penalties. So that is um, unfortunate, and that is not what you want to see. Um, uh, but one thing I wanted to address uh, as an early thought is. One thing I've been encouraged to see is that there is some accountability with how the rosters have shaken out here. Um, something I was disappointed with in Game 1 is that Kent Johnson was a healthy scratch. Uh, as you'll recall last week on the pod, I was reminded about how he was a healthy scratch for the opener last season as well, and I thought in hindsight that seemed like a really dumb decision. And then here, we doubled down on it and benched him for this one too. Um, and you know, the team played poorly, as you'd expect. Um, but then, you know, after that lackluster game against Philadelphia, there were five new players in the lineup against the Rangers, and the team played a lot better. And I think it shows that, you know, you have to play well or else you're not going to play. And Eric Robinson was put on waivers. <laughs> like, that's this is a guy that, you know, is not a very good player, but an established player on this team. And it showed that even he is not immune from getting sent down. And there's been a lot of shuffling on the fourth line. There was Sean Corrali. It was Robinson and Rozovic in the first game, and they were really bad. So they were, you know, Robinson was waived. Rozovic was scratched. It was Foodie and Olivier in the second game. Still had some struggles. So they were both scratched here on Monday. Rozovic was back in, and Bemstrom um, was back in the lineup, and he was on the fourth line. Um, and Rozovic was bad again, uh, but to, um, so I, there's, I think we need to try a lot of different combinations. I would say maybe sit Rozovic again against Calgary, but put say Olivier back in. Let's just try some different combinations there with Corrali until we get one that really clicks. But the silver lining there is that unlike Larson, Vincent is actually playing the fourth line like a fourth line. They are getting the fewest minutes of the forward lines 
our best lines are playing the most. Like, this is the way it should be. Um, and also, you know, we don't need the fourth line to be great, okay? You know, if they're playing that limited role, then it, it is what it is, okay? That is not what's going to do us in. What did us in today is that our top lines couldn't score. You know, they got their looks, but they just couldn't finish. So um, that's ultimately what's going to matter for the wins and losses. You know, against the Rangers, what helped is that we got off to a big lead thanks to Boone Jenner scoring a natural hat trick. So we need stuff like that. Um, if we, if we want any hope of, of winning. And so speaking of those, uh, top two lines, the way that it is shaking out now, and again, there were some tweaks between the first game, and the second game as to what those lines were, but the first line is one that we saw a lot last year with Boone Jenner at center and, um, you know, uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Kirill Marchenko on the wings. You know, Gaudreau and Marchenko, that's a great wing combo. I'm glad that's together. Boone Jenner plays well with them. It's just a good, very complimentary line, you know. And then the second line is Adam Fantilli, Patrick Liney, and Alexander Texier. Now, it's it's kind of weird, right, that Fantilli's listed as a wing. Like, we thought he's at center, right? You know, but we're still trying the Liney at center exper experiment, which is still working and you know that is a line which looked really good at the start of preseason um but with Fantilli at center um so now line A's at center and it's still working they just those three have good chemistry and as Pascal Vincent has said he's not really sweating you know center versus wing he just wants to see you know it's a group of three forwards and once the puck's in play the position really doesn't as doesn't matter as much. You're going to be cycling a lot. And what I noticed tonight was Fantilli and Line seem to be splitting faceoffs. Um, you know, they're opposite handedness. And so, depending on which side of the ice the uh, faceoff was happening, that determined who was going to take it. And, and I like it. That, and that sort of goes to something that Mike Babcock had talked about in the offseason of wanting to have, you know, two center capable players per line. So that you could do something like that, where you could have, uh, you know, the right hand for the face-off, depending on which side it's on, and, and multiple guys that are capable of covering defensively and all of that. So um, it's nice to see that sort of carry through here to the regular season, even under Vincent. Um, so yeah, those two lines are a very, very solid top two lines. The third line, I like, but... It has been inconsistent. It's got Cole Sillinger at center, Kent Johnson on one wing, and Justin Danforth on the other wing. Um, again, ups and downs there, but there's a lot that I like about that line, so I hope that they can stick together, and eventually I think they will start to produce. Although, I do think that Justin Danforth could be the answer to what ails the fourth line. Um, the advantage to a guy like Danforth is he's so versatile and he can play up or down the lineup. But if he is playing the fourth line, I think that's a good sign for where our forward depth is at. Um, and he's, he just brings so much energy and speed and puck skill, and I, I think he can do really well there. Um, so I think as soon as, say, 
Uh, Igor Chinnikov gets healthy, put him back in the lineup, put him on the third line, get him with Sillinger and, and Johnson, and I think that line can be really exciting. Very young, not a lot of experience, but I think that could be, and especially as a third line, too, that you could you know really win matchup battles with. Um, so let's see what, uh, what happens there. Um, one more thought about Danforth, as, as I mentioned him. Uh, so there's a lot of news last week. Uh, that came out before the start of the season, and one of them was that Danforth was given a contract extension through the 2024-25 season. So th- he was entering the last year of his contract here. It was going to be a UFA next summer. So this adds a year on to that, gives him a little bit of a raise for that that year. Um, and in a vacuum, I don't have a problem with this. I like the player a lot. Again, he's, he's not like the great player. He's not like... The, you know what's gonna be the difference between us winning or losing, but he's a good complimentary piece, a good depth forward, a guy that can plug in where you need him. Um, he works really hard. He's a great story for him waiting so long to get to the NHL. Um, but you know, when he got hurt in October, like that was kind of the first key player that went down to injury, and you know, that has that has an effect, I think. I, th- I think that hurt the team a lot, and when it, his extension was announced. Pascal Vincent announced it to the team at the end of practice and, you know, got a big ovation. So he's very popular in the room. So I, I don't mind him getting rewarded. Although I do, my issue is with giving these early extensions to players that are not star players. You know, we saw this happen with Andrew Peak. It was in the summer of 2022 that he got an extension uh, that kicks in now this season. And if they had waited, then yeah, he wasn't. He wouldn't have gotten that contract. He might not even still be on the roster at this point. Um, so, like, yeah, they, it's such a risk to lock in a guy like that that soon, especially with the glut of right-handed defensemen we have, including ones that are younger and more talented, like uh, David Yurichek, for example. Um, and Andrew Peak was awful in the first game, and he has been scratched for the last two. And here he's in the first year of a three-year contract, paying him like two and a half million. Like, stop signing to these these guys to early extensions. So you know, Danforth in a vacuum is not a bad deal, and you know it's only like one point one million. But if you start to have like half dozen guys that are overpaid by anywhere from you know a half million to one and a half million, like that starts to add up, and then it you know gives you, you know, four or five million dollars worth of overpays, but that's what you can spend on a worthwhile middle-of-the-lineup player. So, um, we need to stop, stop doing that sort of thing. You know, it's okay to let guys walk to free agency, and then you can decide whether or not to re-sign them. So, that's my, that's my issue with that. Okay, and with that, again, there was very little traffic there. I got home. So I'm going to wrap it up here, a short episode this week. Uh, we'll be back with more details, more stuff to talk about next week, especially after a key back-to-back against Calgary and Minnesota. There's three days of practice this week, and I'm looking forward to Vincent really working the team hard, especially after this game, and see if we can respond in a good way on Friday. Hopefully, Ellismer's Leakins will be recovered from his illness that he had to leave the New York game with. And the fact that he had two really good periods against the Rangers while being sick, uh, that says a lot. So I'm very encouraged by the start to the season for Elvis. It's, 
you know, too early to draw any conclusions, but it is at least a step in the right direction. It's a positive sign. Um, but before we go, one other thing to talk about a bit of news came out last week. Jeff Rimmer announced that this will be his final season and he'll be retiring at the end of the year. Um, and, you know, I know that some people have mixed feelings about him and feel that maybe he should have hung it up a little bit ago. Um, but it's crazy to think that, yeah, he's been around for about 20 years. Um, so for the vast majority of this franchise's existence, he's been the TV voice. And that's going to be weird not having him around the team. You know, think of all the great moments that, that he called and has just been around for so long. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him for a long career. Uh, it's you know fun to hear him tell his stories uh, about all the encounters he's had uh, for, for people around the sports world during his time. But uh, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, who, who fills those shoes, whether maybe it's Bobby Mack that gets promoted or, or someone else. But, uh, you know, credit to him and congratulations to him on his career and, uh, you know, a good season. Hopefully we'll have some some good games to call yet here and not just more shutouts to Detroit like we saw tonight. So uh, that will do it for us this week. Uh, be sure to check out all of our game coverage and other sorts of coverage there at jacketscannon.com. We will catch you next time.